of random number generators throwing knuckleballs. Heath is now the oldest host. Scott likes using GIFs the most. Adam loves ERA and auto-tunes himself this way. Paxton's regression screams. Brooklyn's got a winning team. Liam Hendricks, Brad Hand. Mike Trout plays near Disneyland. Stats from spring training. Daily play is a rating. What's the ceiling? Bank on ceiling. Can I get up? Two innings. Well, we'll have to settle for two innings, four strikeouts, and a rain delay. It was an excellent Major League debut for Michael Kopech. Uh, abbreviated one at that. But it doesn't matter, Scott, because the Nationals stole the headlines with a couple of early-in-the-day trades. That was pretty surprising, huh? Pretty pretty fun stuff for a fantasy analyst. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. You got to like the late-August trade, finally packing it in. I guess. Yeah. I guess they are. Um, yeah, they should. Obviously, they didn't trade Harper, even though he was somebody who got claimed on waivers, too. So uh they're getting Strasburg back. Maybe they're not backing it in. But their chance, their path to the playoffs will already be hard. Will, will, their already difficult path to the playoffs will be even harder without Daniel Murphy. It is true. Uh Yeah, they could still. I mean, they still have an outside chance. A lot of talent on that team. But uh let's talk about this trade. Let's start with that. And coming up on today's show... We will talk about the trade. We'll talk about Kopech. Cole Calhoun is awesome. Kevin Gosman's been great with the Braves. Um, Oroldis Chapman left with an injury, so who should you pick up? Jose Abreu and Buster Posey are facing uh, surgery. One is, you know, more immediate than the other. A lot to get to, including uh, Minnesota bullpen, if you care, and Worryometer for one guy. Yeah, whatever. I'm not going to run through the entire show. It's a Wednesday show. It's going to be fun. All right. Daniel Murphy goes to the... Cubs, value up, down, or the same? Value has to be down just because there are so many infielders there competing for playing time. I still suspect he's going to be one of the primary ones they play. Uh, obviously, Chris Bryant, we don't know exactly when he's coming back. Joe Madden expressed optimism the other day. It would be before the end of August, but I don't know. I'm a little skeptical of that. Uh, yeah. Also, Addison Russell's banged up and hasn't provided much offensively. Javier Baez is perfectly capable of playing shortstop, so that would be another way to get Murphy's bat in the lineup. I just think it'll be less than every day when obviously that wasn't something he had to contend with in Washington. And Murphy has a 621 OPS against lefties, which is not something he struggled with in 2016 and 17 when he was a great, great hitter with Washington. Now, he's been... Red hot since the All-Star break. Um, you know, it's, it's a 904 OPS. It's a 340 batting average and five home runs. He has hit two, he hit two of those five home runs in that 25-4 win over the Mets. And since then, in August, he's batting 324, which is great, but no power. Two homers, three doubles, a 799 OPS. Uh, so, yeah, I, I wonder if they sit him against lefties. I wonder if Ben Zobras sits more. Uh, cause, you know, he's been playing some second base. I guess we'll see. You never know with the Cubs. Um, yeah, and I mean, Zobrist has been a great hitter for them this year, so I don't know why they'd... 390 on base percentage for Ben Zobrist next year. That's a guy who won the lineup uh, this year, I mean. Uh, that's Yeah, that's a guy who won their lineup, so uh, I yeah, I don't know. It's, it's definitely messy, and I would say stock down for Murphy. What about on the national side? Any NL-only plays now? 
Well, we got another Wilmer getting every day at bats. Wilmer Defoe should be the primary second baseman going forward. I don't think he offers a lot. I don't think he's mixed league relevant. He did homer yesterday. It was his only hit of the game. And I think just his third home run of the season with a decent number of bats for a guy who's been coming off the bench all year. But, yeah, I'm not excited about him. Four home runs and 308 at-bats for Wilmer Defoe. I love how you were like, he did homer yesterday. It was his only hit of the game. Like, uh, like that's a bad game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. So uh next one, we have Matt Adams going to the Cardinals. And he's 35% owned and has uh, great numbers against righties this year, only 37 at-bats against lefties. What's the impact of the Matt Adams trade? You know, I really don't know because I feel like Matt Carpenter's taken off for them since moving to primarily to first base. And that's the position they've wanted him playing all along. It's just they also wanted to get Jose Martinez's bat in the lineup at the beginning of the season. I don't think – my guess is Matt Adams doesn't have a significant role. He'll steal some starts now and then. Uh, but that's kind of what he had been reduced to for the Nationals anyway with Ryan Zimmerman back and hitting pretty well. Does this help Ryan Zimmerman? Because, yeah, Ryan Zimmerman is hitting Oh, yeah. Well. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he, I suspect he plays close to every day. So Zimmerman right now, uh, if I could find him in my in my notes, he is 68% owned. He has started 10 of the last 12 games. Two home runs in his last three games. It was like maybe a little cold, but if you look at kind of a longer stretch, Zimmerman's playing very well. Would you rather have Eric Thames or Ryan Zimmerman? I'd rather have Zimmerman. Would you rather have Jake Bowers or Ryan Zimmerman? Certainly right now I'd rather have Zimmerman. I still like the profile for Bowers, but he doesn't seem startable at the moment. Carlos Santana or Ryan Zimmerman? Well, certainly in points leagues, Santana. Uh, and I'll take Santana on both. All right. Scott, it's time for the Michael Kopech segment. We don't have any music, but Michael Kopech. Michael Kopech segment, two innings, three hits, four strikeouts, no walks, scoreless. Left after a rain delay. This was against the Twins. Good start for him. At mm-hmm. Detroit this weekend, Boston next week if he stays on turn. Yeah, what do you have to say about Michael Kopech? I mean, I, you, you don't want to overreact to two innings, obviously, but there was a lot of reason to be excited about this guy going in, and we know a lot about him already. Uh, once clocked at 105 miles per hour, sits in the high 90s, but the point is he throws very hard and uh, really turned things around in the minor leagues over his past seven starts, went from walking everybody to walking nobody, basically. And in those two innings, he threw 67% of his pitches for strikes. I think that's a very good sign. Uh, one new piece of information that came from this start uh, that I saw on Twitter from uh, David Adler of MLB.com, in the first inning, I don't know, you know, I assume it was similar in the second inning, but in the first inning of that game, Michael Kopech, his four-seam fastball averaged 2,629 RPM. Uh, Justin Verlander leads all of baseball in that stat, and it was lower. It's lower than that. It's 2,613 RPM. Wow. So in that inning, Kopech's spin rate 
or his RPM, uh, yeah, his pin rate, uh, was better than the best pitcher in baseball at that, which is supposed to be a good sign for his strikeout potential. So that's, that's a new piece of information that I found interesting. Yeah. Wow. We're getting really next level here with, uh, with all these stats, huh? <laughs> we certainly are. Yeah. Uh, now that is interesting. That is. I mean, I couldn't have, I couldn't have told you who led the majors in spin rate on this fastball, first of all, or what a good spin rate would look like. But the what fact we, that it's Justin Verlander and that somebody who could tell you those things says that's good. I'm taking his word for it. Yeah. Like, what if we got, you know, what if we did like a, what if RPMs were a category? Uh. I don't think that would be a great thing because it's not a result. <laughs> I feel like I don't think categories should be results. What if FIP was a category? Probably not a good thing. Well, but it's a useful stat. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Uh, Kopech is 79% owned, still available. So you might want to make that move. Um, we'll talk about some players later that, uh, well, Kopech or Bieber? Kopech. Kopech is in my top 40 for rest of season. Kopech or Definitely Alex? Definitely want to gamble on the upside over fading. Fading guys with innings concerns like um, like Marco Gonzalez and maybe even like Andrew Heaney. Kopech or Alex Wood? Kopech. One more, let's see. Tanaka. I'll take Tanaka. All righty. Hey, real quick, Scott. Cole Calhoun or Marcelo Zuna, rest of season? I know I have Ozuna ranked higher. I've been pretty stubborn about him. Although he has moved down quite a bit. He hasn't moved that far down. Um, my gut kind of says Kopech will be better, though. <laughs> if I'm listening to my gut, i Oh, I'll you said Kopech. You, you meant Calhoun. Uh, I meant Calhoun. Your gut is all about Michael Kopech. It is. That's that's all that matters to me right now. It's not Michael Kopech day, everybody, because he threw two innings and didn't walk anybody. <laughs> so uh, you have Ozuna ranked higher, but your gut says Calhoun. Calhoun, yes. since the All-Star break, 316, 397 on base, 614 slugging, eight home runs, eight doubles, and a triple. I mean, it's ridiculous what he's doing right now. OPS over a 1,000 since the All-Star break. Am I really supposed to believe that it was one minor change in his stance, and now he's an elite hitter? I certainly want to believe it's not unprecedented. At this level, the smallest adjustments can make the biggest difference. I mean, look at who J.D. Martinez has become when the Astros didn't even want him before a minor swing change. They let the Astros, the smartest organization in baseball, I think, let J.D. Martinez, they DFA'd him, and he's become arguably the best pure hitter in the game. All right, Cole Calhoun, you're pretty good. You're 83% owed. You'd be about 100% owed if more people were playing right now. Um, Ozuna, by the way, is uh, on a hot streak. Three home runs in his last seven games. That was after going 14 straight games without a homer. But that was after he had a home run in three straight games. So I don't know what to make of it. I mean, in August, he's batting 321, but only three home runs, uh, only three doubles. He's got a 494 slugging percentage. So that is a 173 ISO. Not very good. For Ozuna, I'd like to see him sustain it a little bit more. And we'll see what he does. Yeah, what, what he's really missing here are the doubles. He has been, they, they, there have been no doubles. He's not hitting doubles at all. It's amazing. Tuesday's standout, Scott. Who do you got? Gotta go with Kevin Gosman, right? Eight yeah. shutout innings. 
in his third start for the Braves, I think it was. Fourth start. Um, third or fourth. Yeah. And yeah, think, uh, five Ks, so that's still lacking, and that that's been missing even during his time with the Orioles. Despite the fact he has a solid swinging strike rate, you would expect more strikeouts with his swinging strike rate. So, uh, you know, and he still throws really hard. It, it's not a Jake Arrieta situation when we look at the strikeout rate and say, okay, this guy's clearly on the decline. And one way he is improving is ground balls. This has been his best ground ball season, and it's gotten even better with the Braves, his split finger fastball which is the pitch most responsible for swinging strikes. It also tends to function like a sinker and uh, is inducing weak contact. So maybe that's beyond just the hope that his strikeouts improve. That's one reason to hope for uh, continued success for Kevin Gossman. And I think he's not in the top 40 like Michael Kopech, but he is in the top 60 for me. Would you rather have Gossman or Bieber? I'd rather have Gosman. Yeah. Uh yeah. But how Gosman. I mean, is it just because you expect the strikeouts to come up? Because you know, in these three starts, three earned runs in twenty two innings, but fifteen strikeouts. You know, ordinarily this be a major red flag of somebody who's about to get hit around. Well, yes, I think I, I think he has underachieved with the strikeouts. I think there's the potential for more strikeouts. We've seen it for the rest of his career and the swinging strike rate supports it. But beyond that, strikeouts seem like, if we just take them at face value, they seem like his one weakness among the three areas of pitcher controls. He throws a lot of strikes, only 2.3 walks per nine innings, uh, and gets a lot of ground balls, like I said. So even though the home run rate isn't low, the fact that he's now out of a pitcher uh hitter friendly ballpark in a terrible division for pitchers and in a much better scenario with Atlanta I think the home run rate will start to reflect his ground ball rate more and you know he could just be this innings eater who uh who you know wins a decent number of games and still winds up with a pretty good ERA and whip all right that is Kevin Gosman let's talk about someone who's Certainly not lacking in strikeouts. He's got 160 of them in 139 innings. Blake Snell, six innings, one run, 11 Ks against Kansas City. He threw over 100 pitches, right around 100. And right now he's at 139 innings, Scott, and Snell threw 173 and a third last year. So I don't really see a reason why they would consider shutting him down. Blake Snell, no, I don't think so either. I He was not in the column I wrote um, that Went up on the site Tuesday. Sixteen pitchers who's who are reaching concerning at a concerning point with their innings. Snell wasn't a part of that, so yeah, he should be fine. He's awesome. Is he a top ten pitcher next year? I don't have him as a top ten pitcher this year and haven't all year, so my suspicion would be no. Top fifteen though, I'll give him that. Okay, that is Blake Snell. Got to mention Brad Peacock, Scott. Peacock started, did not pitch very long, just through around two innings. It was a bullpen day. But do we know uh, if Peacock, if they plan on stretching him out to be a starter for the Astros? I I mean, it's certainly within the realm of possibility. I haven't seen anything along those lines, but uh, he was a great starter for them last year. 
Uh, I want to talk about something else with that bullpen game from the Astros, though. I want to talk about what a great big liar A.J. Hinch is. Oh, no. What did he do? Leading into that game, he said, uh, he told uh, MLB Network Radio on Sirius XM that Roberto Ozuna would get the majority of the save chances moving forward. And headlines were written on all the aggregate sites. Hector Rondon loses his closer role. I very nearly dropped Rondon in a 24-team dynasty league. Fortunately, I saw before the claim went through that Rondon did get the save last night. Ozuna worked the eighth and gave up a run on three hits. So, Hinch is a great big liar. Yeah, he really is. Yeah, I would hold on to Rondon if you have him, if you found him valuable up to this point. So, yeah, Rondon got the save. We got some bullpen stuff to tell you about. And those would be your Tuesday standouts. We got to talk about the Yankees bullpen. The Yankees are dropping like flies right now. First, though, I got to tell you about Stamps.com. Absolutely outstanding sponsor. These days, you can get practically everything on demand, just like our podcast. Listen when you want, when it's convenient for you. But now you can even get postage on demand and go to Stamps.com. In fact, when you go to stamps.com, use the code STRIKE for a special offer, a four-week trial. That includes postage and a digital scale. So here's how it works. You go to stamps.com, and before you do anything else, you click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in STRIKE, S-T-R-I-K-E, stamps.com, type in STRIKE. I actually just got some stuff in the mail from stamps.com last week. I got a whole bunch of stamps, obviously. I got... Uh, some labels, three-part multi-purpose labels, premium two-up shipping labels. I got a bunch of labels, so it makes it very easy. Now, this is great if you're a small business. This is great if you work from home. Over 600,000 small business customers are on stamps.com. You don't have to go to the post office. You know, the post office is great, but it closes. It's not 24-7. Stamps.com is. You can buy and print real U.S. postage for any letter or any package. Again, 24-7. Just click, print, Mail and you're done. I've used stamps.com. It's very, very convenient. Uh, I really love this sponsor and I'm very excited for any of you that if you work from home maybe or if you're just managing a small business or if you're, you're sending a lot of postage, this is a great way to save time and save money. Stamps.com. Use the promo code strike for a four week trial. And why are they giving you a four week trial? Because they, they know it. It's such a good product. It's so convenient. You're going to be hooked and you're going to keep on using it. Stamps.com. And type in strike when you click that radio microphone at the top of the page. All right, Scott. Aroldis Chapman. Velocity was down. He was wild. He says, I need to come out of the game. So he came out of the game. If he goes on the DL, who's the guy to pick up in the Yankees bullpen? You're going to say something I'm probably going to disagree with you. Well, I would say David Robertson. (laughs) But his shoulder is less than 100% at the moment. So... I'm not saying he shouldn't pick him up. It's not like he's on the DL or anything. Uh, but it seems like it's just as likely to be Dylan Batances. Yeah, no, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what the deal is. Because last time Chapman was not available, they used Zach Britton in the save opportunity against okay. the White Sox. And he gave up a two-run home run to Jose Abreu, and he blew it. And he hasn't really been that good. I think he's been getting a little bit better. I do think Robertson is probably the right call. He has a mild shoulder issue. Uh, and I think there's a real chance that he goes on the DL, Chapman. He's had this knee issue yeah. all year. Since, 
Well, I mean, it, it, it kept him from, he didn't, he didn't go to the All-Star game because of it. Right, exactly. So, um, you know, it's interesting, just this, this team is, uh, they're in a tough spot, but, uh, they got the win yesterday and they went to Tommy Canely, but I don't see it being him. He got the Yeah, and that was extra innings. It was yeah. weird scenario. Jose Abreu needs surgery on his lower abdomen. Is he worth hanging on to? Yeah. Yeah, two weeks is how long they suspect he's going to miss. So I'd hold on to him. Carlos Martinez is off the DL. What is he going to be like a super reliever? Or at least a reliever. He did pitch an inning yesterday. It was not a very good inning. He walked two, gave up a hit. That's Carlos I Martinez. Yeah, I mean, somebody was asking me if he'd basically be Colin McHugh now and be worth holding on to for ratio help. I mean, maybe, but that's a big assumption, I think, that he'll be that good in this role. Right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I know there's that possibility, but uh I guess I wouldn't quite drop him yet if that's what you're looking for. It was a bad cameo. It was a bad audition, I suppose, but... You know, he's a talented pitcher. Maybe go two innings at a time. You know, be like yeah. McHugh. Be uh, the like bu- Hater. The, the biggest thing is he's not going to be back in the rotation this year. So if middle relievers hardly matter in your league, just go ahead and drop him. Martinez threw 21 pitches yesterday in an inning and a third, only nine strikes. Uh Tommy Pham dislocated his ring finger, so we'll keep an eye on that. Sometimes those aren't major injuries, but I don't know what it's going to be for Pham. Justin Upton's on the DL with a lacerated finger. Nelson Cruz sat with back tightness. I believe he pinch hit. Didi Gregorius is on the DL. Who are some shortstops that maybe can replace Didi? Uh, Wilmer Flores, he's shortstop eligible, right? He is not, well, at least not? not on CBS Sports. Okay. Catel uh, Marte is my go-to shortstop pickup. He's Johan been Camargo. really bad. Well, he's been really bad because he's in the notes. He's in three down today. Cattell Marte, let's take a look at what he's done lately and see if you still feel that way. Um, Marte has, uh, in August, he's batting 250 with a 333 slugging percentage. One yeah, home run and, and two down. And most of it's been the last couple weeks. He hasn't been very good. Um, but the longer trend is what is exciting to me. His fly ball rate went up a lot in June. It stayed up, and since the start of June, he has an 863 OPS, nine home runs and 228 at-bats, and a lot of extra base hits overall. So I still think among short stuffs you can find on the waiver wire, he's probably your best bet. Uh, Would you prefer him to Camargo? Yeah, overall. I would probably play matchups between those two, but both have been showing up in the top sleep, ton sleeper hitters a lot in the second half. I'm going to give you four names. Well, okay, I, I Marte and Camargo might be at the top. I'll give you two more names. Ahmed Rosario and Willie Adamas. Any interest there? Yeah, Willie Adamas, that's a good call. I didn't think of him. He's definitely turned a corner here in August, 356 with four home runs for the month. And most notable to me is only 18% strikeout rate during that month. He was striking out a ton during his first few weeks in the majors. And he's not that guy. He's not a guy who's going to strike out a lot. So this seems closer to, I mean, obviously he's not a guy who's going to 356 either, but 
uh, what he's shown in August seems closer to what the expectations should be for him. What is your read on Buster Posey? He's facing hip surgery. Uh, what, <laughs> what do you think happens? Do you think he plays out the season? I, really, I don't I'm know not that sure. he makes it the whole season. Yeah, he's I think played with he's played with this injury all season. Which, upon hearing that, I was kind of backpedaling from our conversation yesterday. Um, it would probably help explain why he's had such a disappointing year offensively, and maybe he's able to bounce back as a stud catcher next year. Maybe. Uh, the Giants are eight and a half games out. A first place in the West, so it's unlikely they're going to be competing for anything, but there's enough of a chance that Posey's supposed to be staving off surgery for now. I just wonder when the breaking point will come. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a chance that he gets shut down at some point. And you're right, I mean, playing through a hip injury, that's significant. I just wonder, you know, he can't DH, they could maybe move him to first or something like that, but can he hold up as a catcher? He's up there in age, certainly, there's wear and tear on the body. Uh, I didn't really want him going into this year. I'm not sure I'm going to want him next year. But he's going to fall so much that maybe it'll yeah, be Yeah, it just depends it. what the going rate is, frankly. If he's – I can't imagine he'd go in the first six rounds next year. But if he does, obviously that's a no-go. Yeah, well, the other, I think the other thing is, like, catcher was so bad this year that how many guys are going to actually jump him, you know? Gary Sanchez is definitely going to go ahead. JT Real Muto. Um, but beyond that, beyond that, yeah, I'm not sure there is a clear number three there. I would take Rondal over Posey, I think. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people will. I don't think it's crystal clear, though. I mean, Wilson Ramos is in that discussion. I think he's been the best, this, the third best this year oh, on yeah. a per game basis. Good. You will not have Gaddis as an option. Um, Kelvin right. Herrera is off the DL, so if Kelvin Herrera is available, that's a closer for you. You Darvish is out for the season with a stress reaction in his elbow. I had the same reaction to uh, Darvish news as I had the, the, the Posey news. All right, well, that explains it. He's had an injury all year long. They have not been able to detect it. Uh, Vince Velasquez and Tanner Roark did not go uh, deep into the game yesterday. That was because of a rain delay. Starling Marte did not start. He visited a doctor for undisclosed reasons. He was benched on Monday for dogging it on Sunday. A lack of effort got him benched, but uh, he didn't start yesterday because of some uh, undisclosed medical reason. I th- I think Marte should be fine. Zach Davies has a chance to rejoin the Milwaukee rotation soon, and Mike Leak was scratched with an illness. Some lineup notes: Giancarlo Stanton did play in the outfield yesterday in an NL park. Thought maybe he wouldn't play. Cedric Mullins homered. Kendris Morales homered. These guys have been popular pickups. I actually picked up Morales yesterday. I dropped someone crappy. Someone crappy, Scott. Who did I drop? I don't know. Greg Bird. Uh, no, I still have him, unfortunately. <laughs> 0 for 6 with three strikeouts yesterday. <laughs> but I dropped uh, Tyler White for Kendris Morales. And, you know, I'm not sure I should have done that because Tyler White <laughs> was in the lineup and Evan Gaddis sat. And that is something that you need to watch for. I, I think Gaddis could be a big loser. Um, I, He's not going to sit all the time. But Tyler White DH'd and Gaddis sat with Jose Altuve back. Uh, Scott Shebler could come off the DL tomorrow. What's your interest level in Scott Shebler? Uh, not insignificant. Yeah. He's going to be an everyday player 
now. I think that's clear with Winker out and Adam Duvall out of the picture. And he's been productive this year. He's a left-handed hitter who's always hit lefties better, which I always like to see. Yeah, he's pretty interesting. I made three moves yesterday in, in a Roto League. Let's do approve the move. Tell me if you approve. We got, I dropped, I dropped you Darvish for Mike Leak. We approve. Yeah, of course. I dropped Derek, Darvish for anybody. Derek Dietrich for Neil Walker. Mm. My mm. goodness. Derek Dietrich has been so bad for like two months. Uh, just awful. That doesn't seem possible. Oh. Oh really? Two months. Oh really, Scott? <laughs> I'll look it up. And I dropped uh Randall Gritchick for Kendris Morales. That's what I dropped. Not Tyler White. I kept Tyler White? Good for me. Plus yeah, you're right. He's been awful for two months. Yeah. Don't even have to look it up. Azer was right Since all the start along. of July. OPS under seven hundred. Yeah, I figure Neil Walker's gonna play a lot with uh the injury to Didi Gregorius. Because that's what happened yesterday. He played second, and uh, they had Glaber Torres at short. All righty. We got the Worryometer. It's Worryometer Wednesday. I only got one guy for you, Scott. His name is A.J. Pollock, and you can cut his season in half. He's played 79 games, 40 before going on the DL, 39 after coming off the DL. And, boy, uh, what a difference. 293 with 11 home runs and 9 steals in 40 games before going on the DL. 293, 11 with 9 steals. 271, five homers, and one steal in 39 games coming off the DL. He's got a 778 OPS since coming off the DL with a 324 Babbitt. Now, Pollock did just have a good week, so maybe he'll come out of it a little bit. But what is your worryometer reading on A.J. Pollock? Wow, what a difference. <laughs> blockbuster, was blockbuster video? blockbuster video. Wow, yeah. yeah, that's great. Good call. Wow, what a difference. Um, Yeah. Pollock, I noticed this yesterday, one steal since returning. That's that's obviously pretty crummy. And um I I moved him down in my rankings quite a bit yesterday. He's still top twenty-five because we know what kind of potential is there. Yeah, I don't I don't know what's going on with him. It's it's pretty strange. So I guess we can wait it out and see, but maybe we'll talk about it on Monday. Are we going to start? Are we going to sit A.J. Pollock? He's really had an interesting career. It, I don't think you could really consider sitting him in five outfielder leagues. No, nah, probably not. Three outfielders. I wouldn't have a problem with it. I'd I'd be reluctant to drop him for a replacement outfielder, but if you there's a hot hand pickup out there, uh, and obviously I don't have next week's matchups in front of me, but... Yeah, like like I, Harrison I don't think, Bader. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to sit him. He's been pretty useless yeah. since coming back. Harrison Bader, you know, if you if you dropped, if you not dropping Pollock, but if you sat Pollock for Bader, that wouldn't be crazy. So here's a category called uh, some hot hitters who I doubt Scott cares about, but I'm going to ask him anyway. <laughs> Ready, Scott? Sure. I doubt you care about them. Dansby Swanson, Kevin Pillar, Melky Cabrera, and Ryan O'Hearn. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Dansby Swanson, Kevin Pillar, Melky Cabrera, and Ryan O'Hearn. Don't care. All right, then let's go to the rotation. 
We got, I don't even think O'Hearn's that hot, is he? Last seven, five for 21. Get out of here. Okay, but he has four homers. Ah, uh, whatever. Okay. Rotation. Rotation. Kyle Hendricks. Seven innings. Like, nothing good about this except for the earned runs. Seven innings, <laughs> ten hits, one walk, three strikeouts at Detroit, only two earned runs. Uh, yeah, he's, he's been worth using lately. Do you just start Kyle Hendricks? No, I don't. It's not, he's not a must start every week. Um, four out of his past six starts, four out of his past five starts have been six innings or more, which is a good sign for him because innings, just going to minimum for a quality start is something he doesn't do with regularity. And then on top of it, there are strikeout issues. So yeah, he's not somebody I'm automatically starting every week. Jose Barrios, you are automatically starting, right? Yep. I guess the only thing I'd say about Barrios is that his last five starts, two have been good, three have been terrible. The two good ones were against Kansas City and the White Sox. So, And, and obviously this one was impacted by a rain delay. Yeah, I'm counting this as a good one. Five innings, one run, yeah. four Ks. Sure. It could have been better. But you don't care. Like He's got Oakland this weekend. They're one of the hottest team in baseball now. You're going to start him. Uh, yeah, I think I'd still start him. That's Barrios. How do you feel about Shane Bieber? I kind of like him. But I think I said on one of last week's shows that he, if if I saw him on waivers in any league, I would I would absolutely make a priority to pick him up. He's eighty percent owned, so that's going to be the case for some people listening. Um, I definitely would not have started him in this in this game against Boston at Boston, and he gave you a six and a third, three runs. I was surprised. Yeah, one start week at Boston, I wouldn't have started him either. But I think he has a lot in common with the guy who started for Boston yesterday, Rick Porcello. I think that's the kind of pitcher he's angling to be and eventually will be. Just hasn't shown the consistency as a rookie. Except you're a big liar. You're a real A.J. Hinch because he didn't face Rick Porcello yesterday. Rick Porcello pitched two days ago. He faced Nate Ovaldi yesterday. I I meant two days ago. I meant... (laughs) I meant talking about him on yesterday's podcast. Uh, by the way, I believe Bieber is a two-star pitcher. He's lined up to face the Royals this weekend. So, yeah, I would have started him in a two-star week. I wouldn't have started him one-star at Oh, Boston. that's true. That's true. Yeah, and we were – yeah, I was saying, yes, the, the analysis Friday was, well, in a points league, you'll start him hoping that Boston start isn't so bad that will still – that the KC start will be worth it. And clearly – it's playing out as well as it possibly could so far. To wrap up the rotation, Barrios is going to be one. How would you rank the rest of them? Hendricks, Bieber, Ivaldi, and Hyunjin Ryu. Hendricks, Bieber, Ivaldi, Ryu. I would go Barrios. Uh, Barrios. Mm-hmm. Hendricks just slightly over Bieber. And then Ivaldi and Ryu. Yeah, you're, are you trusting Evaldi at the White Sox next week at Tampa Bay this weekend? So his next two starts, Red Sox have a great upcoming schedule. Tampa Bay, the White Sox, they have another crappy team in there. Are you trusting Evaldi? I don't, I wouldn't say I trust him. His last three starts have been pretty uninspiring, but those are good matchups and I think he's worth using because of that. Okay, so we're gonna do the fringy starting pitchers. As if we were at a Cold Stone restaurant, Cold Stone Creamery. Okay. They have three flavors. They have three sizes, rather. They have a bunch of flavors. What? 
What mix-in do you want? No, uh, the three sizes, uh, Scott, are like it, love it, and gotta have it. Oh, yeah, that's true. Except we're gonna add a hate it. We're gonna add hate <laughs> I've it. I have to do a Cold Stone and... It's really good. It's still really good. A long time. <laughs> Alright, so, Cold Stone Creamery edition of the fringy starting pitchers. Uh, like it, uh, hate it, like it, love it, gotta have it. Dylan Bundy. <laughs> By the way, hate it means you're dropping. Yeah, I gotta hate it at this point. I actually gotta like it, but not practical. Okay, he, he might have a start at Kansas City next week, but uh, he he, he's droppable, Bundy. Seven earned runs in his last three starts. It's Seven no runs way. each of the last three starts. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Tyler Anderson, hate it, like it, love it, or gotta have it. I. Like it. I like Tyler Anderson, and I liked that he had no walks in this start versus eight strikeouts after some walk issues recently, three or more in four of his previous six, but none in this one. 18 swinging strikes to get those 18, eight strikeouts. Still a lot more good than bad. Junior Guerra. I guess I like it. Not as much as Anderson, but he's been Pretty consistent with an okay strikeout rate. Jordan Zimmerman. Hate it. Got the White Sox this weekend. Would you start him? Hate it. What's the worst flavor of Cold Stone? To me, it'd be birthday cake. Uh, okay. Birthday full, cake Birthday cake is definitely a hit or miss flavor. Sometimes full, yeah. it's delicious. Full, de- sometimes full they, disclosure, I've never actually had it. I just sometimes they put this it. like blue frosting goop in it. It just destroy. I don't like. I don't like when they put like a river of some kind of like sugary goo going through my ice cream and just completely ruining the texture and overwhelming the flavor. Like that's the worst. I had fudgy the whale cake again on Saturday or on Sunday. It's just the greatest dessert of all time. The greatest. Never had it. Go to Carvel. Never had it. Get it. Uh, Ivan Nova. Hate it. Like it. Love it. Gotta have it. I hate it. <laughs> Steven Matz. Steven Matz. Hate it. Daniel Ponce de Leon. I mean, hate it seems a little strong because he's so unproven. I don't really know what to expect from him. And obviously a lot of strikeouts yesterday. Eight and four innings. Um, in, in terms of ownership, I'm inclined to say hate it. Yeah, Ponce de Leon, like he could be a two-star pitcher next week with Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. He had eight strikeouts bad. in four innings. No, it's not. But he has 18 strikeouts in 21 and two-thirds to 10 walks so far this year. His two starts have been very good. Well, I don't know if you'd consider this very good. Four innings. Yeah, it's hard, yeah, it's hard to say a four-inning start's very good, but they're – I mean, I guess we were getting excited about Tyler Glass now, four-inning starts. Kind of a different situation. Right, but this wasn't a guy working his way up. This was right. just – he threw 90 pitches and in four innings, but eight strikeouts to do that to you, I guess. Uh, Brett Anderson. Brett Anderson's last six starts, he has a 186 ERA. I I can't do this with Brett Anderson. I hate it. <laughs> all right, some more hitters to talk about. Um, all right, let's talk about these four slumping hitters. Uh, we'll, we'll eliminate Cattell Marte since we already talked about him. So three slumping hitters. And tell me if you think they're droppable. As Drupal Cabrera. Corey Dickerson, Jake Bowers. 
I feel like the most droppable is Corey Dickerson, who even when he was going well wasn't showing a lot of power. Yeah, he's 11 home runs this year. It's ridiculous. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the least droppable is probably, um, as Drupal Cabrera, just because he's triple eligible all over the infield. Bowers, you know, I could, I could keep him or drop him based on whatever my needs are. Jake Bowers has one hit in his last 11 games. Yikes. Cabrera had a 998 OPS in his first 20 games. Since then, he's batting, he's got a 740 OPS. Since April 24th. So that's, uh, that's, on uh, 99 games, 740 OPS. I mean, that's just kind of like what I'm saying, man. Like, you know, as Drupal Cabrera, he's not that good. He was gonna slump. Like, that's just how it works, Chris Towers. It's a, it's proven fact. Well, he's not, it's not bad. Why are you, why are you evoking Chris Towers' name, by the way? Because you I'm know, not sure Chris, I got that reference. you know, Chris will never, like, no, I expect him to be as Drupal Cabrera. Well, I don't expect him to be, I expect him to be bad because he was so good. <laughs> like he, he, I mean, he basically has been as Drupal Cabrera. 782 OPS now for, for the year versus 785 last year. I know, but he had to be bad after that incredible start to get oh, to the OPS. I see, where I see. Yes. Yeah, you're making the argument for statistical correction or overcorrection so that it's corrected. Gee, it only happens yeah. all the time, Scott. All the time. Yeah, it does happen a lot. I think Chris's process is probably the right one to have, but I agree with you that it tends to happen a lot. I do hope Chris is on the podcast soon because I want to tell him that he's not allowed to say trust the process because that's been taken, and he does say that a lot. It's been taken. Oh uh, yeah, it's a it's a Philadelphia 76ers trust the process like that's that's what they used to say. So, so nobody can say it anymore. No, I don't think so. I think it's done. I think it's. Uh, I think it's, <laughs> it's done. It's spent. Um, let's. Just it was a thing people said before the seventy sixers. You know, not really, Scott. Nobody ever said that. <laughs> Any interest of these guys in deep leagues? Pablo Lopez, Robbie Erlin, Felix Pena. Yeah, I think Lopez and Pena both are kind of interesting. Yeah, man, Pena. 12% swinging strike rate on the year, which is very good. Two straight starts with a lot of swinging strikes. Yeah, it's his swinging strike rate would be like top 15 in baseball if he had the innings to qualify. Uh, now, innings are definitely an issue for him. It's it's a good start when he goes six. And because he doesn't really have a third pitch, he's basically just fastball and, and slider is the pitch that's getting all the swinging strikes. I don't know if he's going to be somebody they trust the third time through the lineup, but I think they're going to have to lean on him because of the way Heaney and Skaggs' innings are piling up. Uh, Skaggs obviously is on the DL, but uh, you know, how much will be there when it gets back? So this is Felix uh, Pena we're talking about. Yeah. Who yeah. do you and prefer? Lopez, Pablo Lopez had a sub-2 ERA with a good strikeout rate in the minors. Hasn't had a good strikeout rate in the majors so far, but he has... Four. Uh, this is who am I talking about again? Pablo Lopez. Three of his last four starts have been quality starts. The other yep. one was terrible. Yeah, the other was terrible. I I don't think he's like I'm not rushing out to pick him up, but I don't think he's useless. I think he's probably on the fringe of being a top 100 starter in fantasy, which in leagues deeper than 10 
uh, 12 teams, you know, get into like a 16-team league. That's a guy who's being considered. Yeah, so Pablo Lopez, Felix Pena, they might be able to help you out. Scott White's been very helpful. we got to let him go. And I will uh, finish up the show. I'll try to read some emails. I'll do today's matchups. Scott, we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, see you, Adam. All right, friends. Let's look at today's matchups. Not starting anybody in the Orioles-Blue Jays game. Uh, Robert Stevenson and Freddie Peralta. I am sitting Stevenson, and I am sitting Peralta. Boy, is he inconsistent, but just too many walks for Freddie Peralta, so I am going to sit him. Starting Kyle Gibson, starting Carlos Rodon. Tough calls here in the Rangers and A's game. Mike Miner and Edwin Jackson. So ordinarily, I, I would say to start Mike Miner. I think he's been good enough. Uh, I put in a claim for him yesterday. It did not go through because I prioritized Mike Lee, because that's fine. The only problem is the A's are amazing right now. So I think that this is a bad idea, and I would sit him. And then Edwin Jackson might have another good game, but just can't trust him. He doesn't strike out enough guys. I'm sitting both of them. I could see a case be made to start both of them. Personally, I'm avoiding Minor and Jackson. Uh, Charlie Morton, yes. Marco Gonzalez, I, I, I think I'm going to start him tonight. They skipped his turn. They gave him extra rest. He's been terrible his last two starts. Ten innings, 11 earned runs on 20 hits. So he's got the Astros. I, I'm leaning towards sitting Marco Gonzalez. I have to start him out of necessity. My pitching staff is in dire straits with like four guys on the DL. If that were not the case, I'd sit Gonzalez, but let's cross our fingers. Gonna start Zach Eflin, gonna start Steven Strasburg as Strasburg comes off the DL. I am not aware of a pitch count. There probably is one, so keep that in mind. Uh, I'm gonna try to take a look right now. And, uh, cannot find anything, so I apologize. But Strasburg, uh, I, you know, I, five innings from him, maybe that'd be great. Julio Tehran at Trevor Williams. Another tough call. Man, this is a difficult segment when I actually have to give all the answers, huh? I never really trust Tehran. I think I told you to start to sit him last time, and he was awesome against the Rockies. Um, he's had a problem on the road this year, I believe, at least recently. Just start him, I guess. Start him. Not with a lot of confidence. And with Trevor Williams... Again, really good numbers, but a low strikeout rate recently. And he's got a 353 area on the, on the year. He's given up three earned runs in his last six starts. So how do you sit a guy like that? Well, because he has like less than 20 strikeouts in those, uh, right around 20 strikeouts in those six starts. Facing the Braves, look, I think you can start him. Just don't be surprised if the wheels fall off for Trevor Williams. Uh, Casey Kelly, no. Noah Syndergaard, yes. Cubs at Tigers, John Lester and Francisco Liriano. Well, definitely not Liriano. Do we trust Lester after he was just so bad? He finally had a good start, six scoreless innings with eight strikeouts at Pittsburgh. He's now facing Detroit. I think it's going to be something like six innings, three runs. I think you can start John Lester. I will start Lance Lynn at the Marlins, and I don't think Trevor Richards is the worst idea. The Yankees lineup is not uh, what it once was. It's basically Stanton and like Aaron Hicks and, and Duhar. And some not great players, but it's been three straight non-quality starts for Richard, so I'm not gonna start him. It wouldn't shock me if he were good, but I don't think you start him. In fact, don't start him. Jake Junis, no. Yanni Chirinos, no. Uh, Carrasco, yes. Brian Johnson, no. Jason Nix, no. John Gray, yes, against the Padres. Odrisimer Despondier, no. Uh, Clay Buckholtz, yeah, I'm gonna start him. I'm gonna start him against the Angels. No Upton, no Trout, start him. 
Cardinals at Dodgers going to start both guys, Flaherty and Walker Bueller. All right, segment got easier as we went along. So let's take a look at some emails. Send us an email, fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. We're getting a lot of emails. Haven't had a chance to read that many. So we'll do a little bit of a mailbag tomorrow. Uh, we want to know some first base replacements for Jose Abreu. Well, uh, Miguel Sano is first base eligible. And uh, he's someone I'd rather stash, but not a terrible, not a terrible guy there. Deeper league, Kendris Morales, uh, he's hot. Wilmer Flores in a points league could be good. Tyler White, uh, he's seven percent owned. I think that's a pretty low play. But I guess if you were in shallower leagues and you need someone, Ryan Zimmerman appears to be the guy that I would look for. He's sixty-eight percent owned. Um, Mitch Moreland hasn't been that bad, but I think Ryan Zimmerman is a pretty good one. Marwin Gonzalez has definitely been better lately, uh, but really still a pretty horrible year. 245 batting average and 12 home runs. So, so Zimmerman in shallow leagues, deeper leagues, take a look at, um, at Kendris Morales, I'd say. And let's get to another email. Fantasybaseballtbsi.com. This is from Steven in Southern Illinois. Garrett Cole or Trevor Bauer next year? Really tough question. Give me Trevor Bauer. Give me Trevor Bauer. I trust him to, uh, I know he's on the DL now, but that was, uh, from taking a comebacker, I believe. This guy's got a rubber arm. So I love Trevor Bauer. I, I think I might be the only one that would take Bauer over Cole, but I'd do it. Here's another Bauer question from Chris. I have Trevor Bauer on my DL in a league where the playoffs are weeks 22 through 24. Should I drop Bauer if I need the space on my DL so I can pick up a guy like Kelvin Herrera or Tyler Skaggs? Well, I don't know what week you're currently in. Are you in week 21 right now? Are you in week 20? You say your playoffs are weeks 20 to 24. I think that means you can probably drop Bauer, but I would not drop him for Skaggs. I would drop him for Kelvin Herrera if you're going to do that. Here's an email from No Name. Should I bench... Ozzy Albies for Wilmer Flores. I think in a points league you can do that. In a roto league, I'd probably stick with Albies. But uh, I get it with Flores, and I get it with Albies. And here's an email from Josh. Hot take. Blake Snell wins the Cy Young. Is he getting overlooked? Well, I think that Blake Snell, I think Chris Sale would have to not come back for Blake Snell to be in the Cy Young, to get the Cy Young. Like, he's definitely going to get a lot of votes, but how many innings does Blake Snell have? Like a 130? 139. Chris Sale has 146. So he'd have to really outpace Sale. Huh. Is Corey Kluber going to win the Cy Young? That could happen. I don't think Snell's going to win it. But on a per-star basis, he's been good enough to win it. And thank you so much for listening, everybody. We'll come back tomorrow. We'll do some regulating. We'll do some mailbagging. Send us your emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. For Scott White, I'm Adam Azer, and we'll talk to you on Thursday.